Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Christmas series called It's a Wonderful Life. And the, the reason I love this clip is, is you've got to understand the whole story of it for this clip to have the power that it does. But George Bailey, the main character who everybody's kind of pouring money in his front table, and, and maybe we do that sometime. I don't know. But I'm like, hey. Um, but, um, but the thing I love about it is George's life has been hard, right? It was a hard year. It's like George Bailey lived in 2020. It's so weird. Like, it was a hard year for him. And he's at this place where he's really low. He doesn't like where he lives. He doesn't like what life has left him at. And here's the deal. He feels alone. He feels like he's all alone in his problems and in his troubles. What I love about this clip is it shows all these people coming to help George Bailey and that he wasn't alone. And it just brings this hope and this power in this amazing moment that is the spirit of Christmas. And when I say the spirit of Christmas or Christmas spirit, it makes all of us think of different things. What is Christmas spirit. What, what does that mean? And I got on, you know, Google and, and Googled Christmas spirit and all this new age weird stuff started coming up. So I'm going to give you what I found to be the spirit of Christmas, and it doesn't involve smoking anything. Um, the spirit of Christmas, um, some of the words that go along with that is giving, giving, like just, just giving, and giving to give, not giving to get anything back, but just give. That was the beautiful thing about yesterday, was just giving and the joy that it brought. Um, hope, good cheer, love, understanding. Some of us, you're going to need that this next week. Understanding, right? Helping, goodwill towards men. And as I read this, and I, I kind of talk about the definition of what is the, the spirit of Christmas all about, as I, as I say that, I've talked to so many people in the last month who said, man, I'm having a hard time getting into the spirit of Christmas this year. Right? And I think there's probably a lot of us, we feel that. That I'm just having a hard time, and we say it different, feeling Christmassy, right? That's not a real word, but that's what we say. I'm just not feeling real Christmassy this year. Some of you that are at home right now, and you just don't feel it, right? You don't feel the Christmas spirit. And so today I want to talk to you about lost children and flat tires. 
Somebody keeps mailing me illustrations. I got a foamy cheeseburger this past, this past week. Don't mail me your child, okay? Um, I want to send them back to you. But how, how, how do you and I have Christmas spirit? How do we live this wonderful life that is full of Christmas spirit in this moment, in this time when we just aren't feeling it, when we're having a hard time? Because here's the truth. As followers of Christ, as people that are following our Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ, we should be full of Christmas spirit this year. And yet we're having a hard time. And so our passage today is going to be all over the place. We're going to go through really both passages of the Christmas story. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. We have our new app out right now. If you haven't downloaded our app, Foundation Church, you can, you can kind of search the app store. We have our sermon notes on that, which is really, really easy to follow along, and you can add your own notes. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 23, talks about the story before Jesus is born. Set it up this way. Mary and Joseph are engaged, right? The uh, fancy word for that is betrothed. And they are, they're engaged and Joseph's engaged to Mary. And, and back in biblical times, I'm about to get myself in trouble. I'm just going to keep going. Um, but they, 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 everybody waited to have sex, right? That's the, that's the way they did it. And Great idea. Maybe we, anyways, maybe we should follow the Bible on that. That's not this sermon, but I'm going to keep. Stay straight. Stay straight. I've got so many places I want to go right now. It's like a wonderland right now. Um, so here's what happens. Mary gets pregnant. And, and, and take for just a second, act like you don't know what's going on, okay? Like, act like you've never heard this story before. Joseph and Mary are engaged. Mary gets pregnant, and she comes and tells Joseph that she's pregnant, but, but not just that she's pregnant. She comes up and says, hey, Joe, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's God's baby. <laughs> now, come on, come on. Like, think of that. That's what Joseph's having to deal with. Like, that, that is really the literal, like, you're going, there, she's crazy, right? If, some, if one of your friends came up and they were engaged, you're like, bro, she totally got knocked up and she's saying it's God's baby, you would say, run. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just run, right? That, that's, what, that's what Joseph's having to deal with. And we know Joseph's this amazing guy because he doesn't disgrace her. He doesn't call her crazy. He tries to get out of it in a respectful way that nobody knows all the business. He's not trying to put Mary up on this pedestal and be like, she's crazy, right? So here's, here's we, we pick up verse 20. But as he considered these things, so, so you know what's going on. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, Son of David, don't fear, don't fear, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Today, if you are having a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit, the spirit of Christmas, of what this is all about, of joy and love and goodwill towards men and understanding and all these things. Here's what I want you to understand. Even if you are at this place, you feel kind of alone like George Bailey. Hear me today. It comes from our passage today. Jesus isn't just around you. He's with you. Right? This is the big deal of what we're celebrating about Christmas. In the very first book, of the, in the first chapter of the first book, this angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and he says, he will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. Let me tell you why this is such a huge deal, because for thousands of years, God has been around man, right? But he's never dwelt among men. And this is a total game changer. Total game changer, because God was around them, but when Jesus comes, it is to dwell amongst them. It is to be with them. So if you are here, if you are home, and you are feeling alone, and you are feeling lonely, hear me, nothing can be further from the truth. If you are a follower of Christ, he is Emmanuel still, which is God among you. In fact, the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. God is with you. We're going through a year that has encouraged isolation. And, and this is not a political statement. That's what we've done. We, we, we're isolating and we're, we're trying to keep our space. And uh, don't read into something there's not here, okay? That's just what we're doing. And I get it, but the side effect has been this. It's made a lot of people feel very lonely and alone. It's made our holidays look different. One of the reasons it may not feel the Christmas spirit is because you're gonna, your holiday, your Christmas, your Thanksgiving looks a lot different than what you envisioned it. Feels different. And you feel alone. Some of you at home right now, man, you're watching this and you feel lonely. Hear me, the, the reason you and I can have a spirit of Christmas that is full is because God came, Jesus came to dwell among us, to be Emmanuel, that is God with us. And what I love is that he isn't just God with us, he is paying attention to us. God is with you and paying attention. Have you ever been with someone and you are talking to them and they aren't paying attention to you? Every teenage parent right now is going, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? And here's the deal. I'm not even going to throw this on the teenagers. Parents, we're just as bad. We're just, I'm horrible at this. And I call it this. When my phone's out, I zone out, right? You do the same thing. Casey can be talking to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yep, mm-hmm, got it taken care of. Sure, I'll do the dishes. Sure, I'll vacuum. Sure, I'll pick the dog. I'm not intending on doing any of that. Why am I saying sure? Because my phone's out and I'm zoned out, right? I'm not paying attention to her. I'm zoned out. And some of us, that's what we feel like our relationship with God is. But that couldn't be anything further from the truth. In fact, here's what I love. 
God saw the state of humanity before Jesus came. He saw the condition humanity was and is. And here's the birth of the most famous verse in the Bible because he saw what we needed. He saw where we are and he's paying attention to us. And John 3, 16, you know, it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Some of you, maybe you never thought that verse goes with Christmas, but it couldn't go better this Christmas. Because he knew what we needed way to over 2,000 years ago, and he sent his son to be a game changer, to be God with us. And if you feel alone, if you feel isolated, hear me. You're not alone. You're not isolated in your trouble. Nothing could be further from the truth. But the other thing is this, is that he has you in his sight. Right? He's Emmanuel, God with us, but he has you in his sight. He hasn't lost track of you. I found out about this illustration uh, a few years ago, and it just fits today. Um, when Casey was in the hospital having Chloe, our second, our second child, um, everything went smooth as a C-section could go, and everything was well, and you know, it was what grandparents do. You go to the hospital, you there and take it care of. And, and Bob, Casey's dad, we call him Bob Bob. That's his grandpa name. Um, we call him Bob Bob. And so Charlie came up with the name, not me. You're like, hey, what is wrong with you? Give me your man card. That's the name she came up with, right? So Bob Bob says, hey, I'm going to take Charlie down to the cafeteria. We're going to get some snack. And then I'll bring her back up. And, and so Bob Bob takes her down to Mercy Hospital in Oklahoma City, takes her to the cafeteria, says, hey, Charlie, I'm going to pay for the food. You go get a seat. Go get a booth. Charlie's two, right? Charlie's tiny. She's toddling around. She's got her blanket, baby doll, um, all this stuff. And she goes and sits down. Bob pays for the food. He goes to, to find Charlie. He can't find Charlie. He's in a hospital can't find my child, can't find his first grandchild, Charlie's lost. And here's the deal, like parents, you know this. First off, let me say this, Bob Bob is a great grandpa, right? He's awesome. And if you've lost a kid for two minutes, it feels like eternity. It's okay, you can nod, like you've lost him at the grocery store, it's all right, like you know. You're like, yeah, and it's like that two minutes feels forever long. Here, here's, here's what I'm about to throw on you. He couldn't find her for about 15 minutes in a hospital. And he came to the place where he's like, well, I'm going to have to go up and tell Casey, who just had a baby. All mamas know this, like postpartum. I mean, hey, hey, that's not when you want to hear, hey, I lost. Good thing you had another one because I lost your first one, right? Like, that's, that's not the news. That's not the news. Keep spitting them out. You know, that's not what, that's not what you want to hear in that moment, right? And it's, <laughs> and it's not because he was doing, he just, he was banned and he looked up. And here's the deal. When he was going to the room to tell Casey, he finally saw Charlie's little head, like, just barely poking over the table, right? He's like, oh, God, right? Like, I'm, I can't, I, I don't know what he said. All I know is he was happy that he didn't have to tell Casey or me that he lost our kid in that moment, right? Like, it was, it was a story he kept for several years before he ever let it out of the vault. <laughs> You're a wise man, Bob. 
Here's what I want you to know. God's never taken his eyes off you. No. You may feel hidden. You may feel lost. He knows right where you are. He sees right where you are. And parents, you may have lost your children. He hasn't lost you. Fun fact, in our house, I'm the only person that hasn't lost a child. Casey lost Chloe at a blueberry farm once. I think Becky Kunkel was there. And so every year about that time, I'm like, hey, Chloe, hey, Charlie, what parent hasn't lost you? And they're like, you are. And I go, it's because I'm a good, good father. And they go, that's who you are. It's who you are. And it's, yeah, I'm a good, good father. That happened this week. He, he hasn't lost track of you because he's good. He loves you. He knows you. He knows your situation. He knows you feel isolated. He knows you feel alone. And he has you in his sight. In fact, Psalms 139 says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Man, surely this dark place that I am, you can't see me there. Even the darkness, even that dark place will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. If you feel alone, if you feel isolated, hear me. He is still Emmanuel, God with us and in us. He is with you today. If you're struggling, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Find out what what it means, the, the story of Christmas means to us. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says this, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Hold on two seconds. Here's what I want you to know. The first Christmas that happened was not easy. They were alone. They were in a place they didn't want to be. They're in a barn, right? They are putting the, the son of God in a feeding trough. The manger sounds really, oh, away in a manger. How nice, how quaint. That's not quaint. I don't care how much you try to like. The, the, the gains chip gains it up. It's not quaint. It is a feeding trough, and the reason they're there is because there's no room for them anywhere else. And yet, that's what we celebrate. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Hear me, the reason you and I can have Christmas spirit is because the birth of Jesus wasn't just good news for some, but it did good for all. It wasn't just good, it was not an insider mentality, it was good news that did good for all. I don't know if you knew this, but this past year we had an election. Did you guys know that? Um, There was an election out there, two guys that really got along with each other, um, and and the debates were just, they were very cordial and um, went really well. Here's the deal, the results of the election, some of you are like, they're not in yet, but but hear me. Um, I'm not not getting political, but but here's, stick with me. Staying on the straight and narrow, your pastor. I'm not saying, don't read into something right now. Stop it. Some people like the news results. I don't like the news at all. Some people liked the results of the election. It's still to be determined. Somebody liked the results of the election, but it wasn't good news for all, right? And here's what I have figured out, is that most time, Good news isn't usually good news for everyone. Your football team, right? If your football team wins, it's good news for you, but not necessarily good news for your buddy. If the stock market goes up, it's great news if you have money in the stock market. But if you don't have any money in the stock market, you could care less. And here's the bigness of this moment, is that for the first time in history, think of this, the whole world, This isn't just good news for some of the world. It's not just good news for religious people. It's not just good news for Jewish people. It is great news that was for all people. In seconds that the the Savior Jesus Christ is born, the angel declares, hey, this isn't just good news for some. This is great news for all that did good for all. And that's where it's at. That it did good for all. And here it is. If you and I are going to have Christmas spirit, if we're going to live this wonderful life out, you and I have to follow suit of what Jesus' birth meant. And you and I, your, your life and my life has to do good for others. You want to get in the Christmas spirit? Go be a do-gooder, right? Go do good. Yesterday, man, it was a blast. It was so fun. I was directing traffic at some point. I do, I'm the last person that needs to be directing traffic. Um, but I was, I was out there, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know those inflatable guys are like this? That's me. I'm like, come on, baby, and I'm shaking, and I'm going. I'm like, yeah, right there, girl, right there. Yeah. Come on, bro, you are my boy, come on. And I'm saying this stuff, I'm giving high fives out and all this stuff, and you know what? Why, why did it fill me with Christmas cheer? Because I was doing good to others, right? And I was just doing good to do good, not expecting anything in return. And if you wanna be full of Christmas cheer, here's what the Bible says, Galatians chapter six, verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. 
Whenever we have the opportunity, and the chances are you and I have plenty of opportunity, we're just not willing to take advantage of the opportunity. Whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Everybody say everyone. This means people you like and people you don't like. Let me say that again. This means people you like and people you don't like. People who deserve it and people who don't. This means people, here's the crazy thing. I had a blast doing good to people I didn't even know yesterday. But as God does, I didn't do so great doing this with my wife this week. I'm out there directing traffic, freezing my butt off, and just like, hey, come on, let's do this. Yeah, work it, girl, come on. You know, doing this thing. And yet Casey has a flat top, well, had a tire that was leaking air. She's like, I can hear my tire hissing. I'm like, okay, I'm on it, babe, got it. I'm gonna take it somewhere where someone else can fix it, right? Like, I, I, I don't know how to fix that, but somebody else has the equipment to fix that, so I'm on my way. I go to a tire shop. I'm not gonna tell you what tire shop because I'm getting ready to talk bad about them. Um, but I go to a tire shop. I'm pulling there. I'm like, hey, my wife has a, a, a leak, I think. She can hear the air coming out. They're like, okay. I'm like, how long? Now, I know I exaggerate at times, okay? They said, and I quote, an hour. I don't know what kind of school they went to. I don't know if they don't know how to read like clocks that aren't digital. Um, when the hour hit, my car wasn't even in the bay. My car hadn't even been seen about. And I, I go up and I'm like, hey, about how much long? Oh, you're next up, man. You're next up. Two hours later, I was there for three hours Three. And I told my wife to stay home because I'll be, I'm, I'm just going to be an hour, you know, so you know, I went through all of Facebook until I had seen stories from the previous week. I had gone through ESPN. I had gone through all the different news things. I've listened to podcasts. I tried to be productive. And here's my, one of my biggest pet peeves is wasting time, wasting an afternoon when I can be doing something. And man, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I knew I had talked about controlling my temper the week before, so I was controlling my temper. Um, and I, but I was letting Casey know what a great husband I was in that moment. I'm like, I hope, I hope you understand that my sacrifice in this moment. You know, like, like, and here's the key. I'm not mad at you, but I'm just mad at the situation. No, I was just mad, right? And, and here's why, because it ruined my plans, it ruined my time, it ruined what I had planned. And so three hours later, I get home, I pull in, I'm like, your car's fixed, I hope you're happy, I hope you're thankful, because I'm never doing it again, right? <laughs> Amen, thank you, Kevin. The whistle was prophetic. Here's the deal. I did something good, but because I had a horrible attitude about it, I didn't do good, right? Didn't do good to Casey. She's like, I'm so sorry, babe. I'm not mad at you, babe. I was totally mad at her. I'm not mad at you, babe. Right? <laughs> you run over two nails. Like, what's going on? If you don't do good with the right attitude, you're not doing good right? And you've done it too. I'm glad I'm not the only one in this box. You had this moment happen. Oh, I drove you to church. I hope you're never again, right? Like you're just like, no. And we do good, but if we don't do good with the right attitude, we might as well not even do it. Because here's the thing about doing good. 
and I've got to close and I've got to shut this down. Is that many times doing good, when you decide to do good to everyone, it's going to interrupt your schedule. It's going to disrupt your plans when you decide to do good. Or, not even when you decide, when you have the opportunity. See, there's a big difference between when I decide and when I have an opportunity. And when you have the opportunity to do good, get ready. Your plans are going out the window. And you're gonna, your schedule's going to be interrupted. Your plans are going to be interrupted. Here it is, parents. Your budget's going to be interrupted. But I'm not budgeted for that. But you have the opportunity to do good. And can you keep a good attitude so that what you're doing is actually a benefit? Because we can do good for perfectly, like for, for strangers that we don't even know. But can you do it to the ones that you are closest to? And still do it with a good attitude, even when it interrupts your plans. Because the simple truth is this. Most of the time, interruptions are where the real ministry happens. Most of the time, your disruptions are where God wants to do ministry the most. And I want to encourage you, all of us have this next week planned out. You do. All you type A's, you got it down and you're stressing because I'm going past your time limit right now. Got to get out of here. I got you right now. Can you still do good with a good attitude? even when it interrupts your plans. Because here's the thing. When Jesus came and he was Emmanuel with us, he came for the Roman soldier that would nail him to the cross. He did good to everyone. He came to be Emmanuel, God with us, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the very religious people that would set him up to be crucified. He came for the sinner and he came for the disciples. He came for the prostitute and he came for the tax collector and the doctor and he came for you and he came for me. And because of that and because we understand that he is God with us and that his coming was good news and did great things for everyone, how could we not do the same? You want your life to be full of Christmas cheer? Learn to sing aloud for all to hear. No, learn... You were waiting. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all. No, 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 no. I've had no sugar today either. This is so weird. Learn. Gosh. As I'm winding down. Learn to do good. Gosh. It's in my head now. Learn to do good. It's okay to laugh in church. Learn to do good with a good attitude. And learn if you feel alone and you're lonely, nothing could be further from the truth. Because he's God with you and in you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. What a privilege it is to be in this place worshiping you to get to celebrate this week with believers all over the world. And Lord, I, I know there's a shortage of Christmas spirit. There's a shortage of Christmas spirit that we feel. And for some of us, it's really hard to get into the Christmas spirit. But let us understand, if we're going to really live this wonderful life out, 
if we're going to really live this life out with a, a spirit of Christmas in it, the reason that can be a reality, even when we don't feel it, even when we feel alone, even when things have been hard, it's because we're not alone. Lord, we're, even in our isolation, we're not isolated from you. But you're with us and you see us and you're paying attention to us. And you haven't lost track of us and what we need. And that's why you came to be Emmanuel, God with us. And when we understand the bigness of that, we can do good to others. And so, Lord, I pray today that our assignment would be to look for the opportunities to do good to everyone and to do it with the right motive, to do it with the right attitude, to do it with the right heart, even when it interrupts our schedule, even when it disturbs our plans, that we would live this life out. Because when we do that, man, that's when we're living life to the full. That's when we are living a truly wonderful life. So be with us and let us not just be hearers, but appliers and doers of your word. It is in Jesus' name I pray today with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here in this place or you're at home watching online and you say, Justin, I'm here. And where I am, I know, man, I'm not where I should be in my relationship with Jesus. We want to give you a chance to change that. Some of you, maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Or maybe it's just about you recommitting your life and coming back home. Either way, when I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that is me. I see one hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone else before we go any further in the service today? You just say, Justin, that's me, and I want to join this one hand that is lifted before we go any further in service. If you're at home watching online or you're in this place and you raise your hand, would you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart? Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I repent of the life that I was living. I turn away from it, and I turn to the life you have for me. And, and I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I ask that your grace and forgiveness would enter my life because I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.